You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. Welcome to It's My Money. It's My Money is brought to you by Brentus Wealth, and Brentus Wealth is South Africa's top boutique wealth manager. This week, we're going to be talking about a subject with the following heading. It's an article headed as follows. Over-contributing to an RA could be a good thing. And the first paragraph says this. Over-contribution can be used to reduce or even neutralize the amount of tax paid on living annuity income payments. The author of the article is with me now, and that's Maria Smith from Brentest Wealth. Maria, I've been looking through this, and I have to say you're going to have to walk us through it very slowly because it is quite complicated. Tell us more about how over-contributing can reduce tax. Okay, Lindsay. So I think um, that's the reason why I wrote this article, because not a lot of people know about this little loophole that was created when um, the government updated legislation regarding the retirement annuity contributions. So in the past, you could only contribute the lesser of the 350000 or 27.5% of your remuneration on taxable income. Now, if you were to contribute more than that, it would create an estate. It'll create an um, asset in your estate for that over-contribution. Okay, but I don't quite understand because if it's 350000 limit, how are you allowed to go over that three fifty? And that's 27.5% of the greater of your remuneration or taxable income. So you'll have to explain that. I told you it's going to be complicated for me, Maria. <laughs> <laughs> So, in short, that is the amount you get that you can subtract from your taxable income every year. I see. So, if you contribute 350000 and that is your limit that you have, you can subtract the whole 350000 from your taxable income. But that does not stop you from contributing more. It just means that's the maximum amount that you'll get off for that financial tax year. I see. Now that's explained it. You say here, the perks to over-contributing to a retirement product are as follows. Your first point is you reduce your income tax liability at retirement. Tell us more, please. Yes. So now let's say, for example, you over-contributed while you were still working. Every year you would contribute more than the 350000 Now you get to retirement. Now, how they use the disallowed contribution is they say every year the income tax that you are supposed to pay on your living annuity income, because living annuity income is taxed according to the income tax tables. So they say they first subtract all your disallowed contributions from your living annuity income before they pay it out to you. So you can effectively, if you over-contribute enough, you can go years without paying income tax on your living annuity income that you receive. And that means more disposable income to use during retirement, I suppose. Yes, yes. Um, Especially because in retirement, you don't want to pay 45% income tax on an income that you have saved for your entire life. Mm. Okay. Another benefit here is is something that sort of comes from left field, if you like. It says, if you structure it correctly, you reduce estate duty. That's correct. So your retirement funds and your living annuities are outside of your estate. So if you structure the 
disallowed contribution that you did receive correctly, it will not be an asset in your estate. So previously, legislation said if you over-contribute to an RA, that's going to be an asset in your estate. But now, if you structure it correctly, your beneficiaries can receive it without it being an asset in your estate. So this is typically for people who are already past retirement age who have a big, let's say, lump sum that let's say they sold their farm or property and they have this big disposable income that they're going to use it in any case at retirement, then it is a good idea to look at putting it into a retirement annuity and immediately then going into a living annuity. So let's say the husband did that, he has a living annuity, now he passes away he can still ensure that his wife receives an income as long as she lives without her waiting for the estate to be finalized, to wait for the master's office, where, you know, it takes forever for any um, estate to be finalized. Yeah. And as a sort of a side issue as well, you say your executor cannot take a fee on retirement annuities. And you say correctly structuring your beneficiaries means succession falls outside the control of the executor. Sort of put the flesh on the bones of that one, please. Yes. So because it is outside of your estate and you have a beneficiary on there, the executor cannot take a fee because they're not going to work with it. So it's as simple as ensuring that your beneficiaries are correctly structured. If you were to pass away, they just need to send in the death certificate and then from there they can go ahead and the investment can be transferred to the beneficiary's name without the executor touching it, without it being back and forth with the master's office. You get immediate access to those funds. Yeah, you say you, you create liquidity for your beneficiaries. And I like the first sentence. It says, because your beneficiaries won't have to wait for your estate to be wound up, they get access to the funds sooner. Now, that is such a benefit, Maria, because I know that this thing can roll on, oh, crikey, certainly for many, many months, sometimes a couple of years. Yes, and that is the one thing that we saw with this being a big benefit. But the problem is, you have to structure this correctly and you have to do your estate planning as a family matter because if your beneficiaries decide, okay, you did a living annuity and now you pass away and your um, beneficiaries decide to withdraw that living annuity, then it is still going to be an asset in your estate. So for it to be tax efficient and for you to get all the perks of this disallowed contribution benefit, you need to ensure that your estate planning is a family matter. So ensure that your beneficiaries understand if you were to pass away, it would be best if they continue with a living annuity instead of withdrawing the funds and using it. In that way, you are then also ensuring that the money would last for a bit longer because they're not just withdrawing the lump sum. Usually when beneficiaries receive a lump sum, they spend it really quickly. Yeah. So in this sense, you are stopping them from spending it all at once. Okay, good. Even in death, you're exerting an influence by the sounds of <laughs> <Yes>. it. <laughs> um, yes. Finally, you say you create tax efficiency for your beneficiaries. How does that work? So because it is in that retirement annuity or living annuity structure, 
they aren't going to pay any tax on the gains and the dividends that you receive inside of the retirement annuity. They can also preserve it for as long as possible before they need it. And while it is in the retirement annuity, they aren't going to pay any tax on the growth. So it's a win-win situation all round, it seems. How many people know about this loophole that you've just described? Well, I tell it to all my clients. It's not something that every single person will benefit from, especially if you think about it, if all your kids are overseas, then this might not be the perfect structure for you. But for people who live in South Africa, um, whose wife might be younger than them or husband might be younger than them and they want to ensure that they are taken care of, this is a really great structure. But it is only for certain people which it will work. Okay. Maria, thanks for explaining it so beautifully. Even I understood it. Thank you very much. That's Maria Smith from Brentos Wealth. And that was It's My Money. It's My Money was brought to you by Brentos Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company.